So I have my water. I think I'm good to go. <laughs> so today we're going to go a little off the cuff. Um, I'm going to talk about my outlook for 2019. I've been wanting to record my first um, podcast back and it's just taking me a minute. Um, I've been going through some personal stuff and I really wanted to be in good spirits before I record it again. I always enjoy this so much and I didn't want um, whatever I was going through to come into it. As always, when it comes to this and me being on social media, I just, I really like getting on when I'm excited. When I'm excited about something, when I want to share something and when I want to share my growth. And for 2019, I am excited about talking about feminine energy and our desires and getting connected to that little girl part of us and having women that um, reflect that and that own that part of them because I feel that's so important for us. Um, 2019 is definitely a year for me to own the businesses that I want to get out there and own that part of me, that femininity part that I really, really want to tap into. And because I am in my own sense of self-discovery, I always bring on experts, right? Those that I feel are owning that part and have them talk about it. And so for me, the reason that I wanted to do this was just looking how the podcast has evolved. I started because I didn't see enough women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives. And so I decided to launch this podcast to highlight them. And I have really, really enjoyed that. And then it evolved into speaking about transition from that place of feeling stuck to taking actions on your dreams and talking about that and bringing women on who were in this transition phase and then took that dark time in their life and actually used that to launch businesses. And I wanted to talk about that because I had been going through my own transition and I really wanted to help women get educated about what was going on. And I wanted to help um, inspire them through these women so that they can see the other side. And number three, I wanted them to feel motivated to do something, right? To, to get up because there is another side to transition and the reason that they're in that place is because the new part of them that is coming out is going to be so much better than what life was before. And now I want to focus on the feminine energy, using our feminine energy and our businesses and listening to our desires and listening, going back to that childlike place so that we can build these purpose-filled lives, right? So we can build these businesses and what that looks like. I guess I can start with what does femininity mean to me? And looking back and sitting down and, and starting to take these notes, um, where am I moving towards, right? What is what is here for 2019? I kept reading about femininity, um, about, you know, that goddess energy. And I just, it kept coming up and I took it as a sign that it was something I wanted to know more about. If I think about what does feminine energy mean to me, I actually can take it back to when I was young and what that meant to me. And for me in the, in the start of life, because I grew up the way that I grew up, femininity to, to me meant weakness, 
victimhood, uh, disrespect, the weaker sex, being taken advantage of. And I wanted absolutely no part of that. I wanted to be like the boys. <laughs> I was a big tomboy. I've been, you know, I was told that I was a feminist even before I knew what that was. Whenever there was a comment made in the household, like, you need to learn how to cook so you can get married. <laughs> I was always like, well, then if that's what it means to be married, then I need to learn how to cook and clean houses. And I don't want any part of that. So definitely, and I guess unfortunately, femininity to me was dangerous. Living in a household where there is domestic violence and living with a male example at the time who does not respect that for a young woman, one that wants to hold her place and be respected, she, or for me, it meant being and not wanting to be any part of that. Growing up uh, more so with my dad after my parents divorced definitely pushed me even more into that. I was very much like a tomboy. I was very good at um, walking, talking, acting, so much so that I had a lot of guy friends and a lot of them would forget that I was a girl. <laughs> they would say things in front of me and then just catch themselves like, oh, you know, Jacqueline's here. <laughs> She's a woman. She's a girl. Like, But that's how much I had integrating that male energy in my life and not understanding that I longed for that. I longed for that um, mother um, example, you know, woman example, because I was now living with my dad and I was coming into, you know, being a young woman and I didn't know exactly what that meant or what that looked like. And I remember searching around for women that I respected, that I thought were women that I wanted to be like. I wanted to know about makeup and know about doing your hair and, you know, all of these things. And of course, when I was young, there wasn't YouTube. <laughs> it was just magazines, but I was never one for magazines. I liked the real thing. You know, I liked looking around me and, and seeing these women and, and how they held themselves and, you know, thinking, well, maybe that is, and, and I thought, women are, are regal in their luxury, um, they have long hair, and they wear makeup, and there's a sensuality and a confidence in it, and I remember seeing some teachers, and grabbing pieces here and there of women that I, you know, respected and liked, and, and really liked how they held themselves, and I remember seeing Mrs. Mrs. Huxtable, <laughs> on the Cosby show and I remember you know her speaking Spanish and being educated and smart and sexy and funny um, and all these things right not realizing that Mrs. Huxtable was an actress and the show was only 30 minutes <laughs> she was a character so yeah there was definitely always a search for what it meant to be a woman and not realizing throughout my life that what I was doing was defining my own, my own version of what a woman is. And at the end of the day, that's what it means to be a woman. You define what that looks like for you. But when I was so young, and we are growing up, it's something that, that many of us want. We want that example. We want that person to ask questions to about makeup perfume, 
about what it is to be feminine, how to hold yourself. Um, yeah, so I guess the little girl inside of me still has that sense of wanting to know how women come into their own when it comes to, you know, in their lives with their family and even, you know, now in their businesses and how they use that. And, you know, for me, for a very long time, I didn't realize that growing up, what I thought was what got me through was that, you know, feminine, I mean, excuse me, that masculine energy was really my feminine energy. I really relied on my intuition. I never questioned it. I always relied on my intuition when it came to keeping me safe. And I honestly really owe that to me not getting into any more trouble since I was on my own since I was 15 or not coming in harm's way. Not that I never did. There were situations, but I always really trusted that part of me, that intuition part of me that said, don't go that way. Don't do that. That's not for you. And, and even hanging around with, with, you know, a lot of, a lot of boys, I always knew that I wasn't a boy and that there were certain things in certain places that I shouldn't go where there were going to be nothing but men, that certain things weren't safe, even if I knew them, you know, especially when it came to, you know, me hanging around the boys and maybe they were drinking or something or it was just them and they were going to be in a house or something. Um, I always understood those boundaries, even if no one said to me that's probably not a good idea. Like I always understood that. And I used my intuition when I was on my own and I trusted that. And I believe that that's what always took care of me and held me and, and got me to this point that kept me safe, um, that kept me trusting myself, um, that kept me making decisions on how to take care of myself and my daughter. Of course, all the decisions that I made were not perfect, but I definitely know that intuition um, was definitely a big part of it. And also being connected to my spirituality at the time, even if I didn't always feel connected to that, that inner being, um, that intuition kept me connected to my spirit. The one thing that I think I would have loved to have done more of and I hope that I helped my daughter with that was to ask myself, you know, are you happy here? Are you happy going there to that new place? Um, do you enjoy what you're doing? Do you even want to be doing this type of job? Um, why are you doing this? Is it only because it's making you money? Or are you doing it because it's something you enjoy? Do you even know you deserve better? Do you even know what your desires are, what you want, and not base it on the need at the time? Those were definitely, you know, self, self-love and self-care questions that I would have liked to have known more about and been connected to um, a community. And, and even now, more so, that femin femininity, you know, meaning to me of compassion community and family right we always see for the most part um 
the women at the center of that. And um, like I said, it's just something that I have come to be more and more interested in. I actually did Uber and Lyft for a while and I really, really enjoyed it because I've got to meet people from, I mean, you name it, I gave them a ride. I worked different hours. I worked the early hours, I worked the late hours from giving rides to um, people from all over the world, businessmen, studio heads, um, actors, to escorts, strippers, um, just anyone, you name it. And I really, really enjoy it because I do the type of work um, where I interview people and it's because I love story. And so anyway, the reason I bring up Uber and Lyft is because I actually got to meet a lot of women who worked in a male-dominant industry. And I remember in particular these two women who were so fascinating to me. One of them was in the gaming industry. And I, you know, she was an executive. She had a pretty high, like, senior position in the gaming industry. And I remember asking her questions, you know, like, how is it for you, a, a woman who's beautiful, sexy, smart, um, I remember she had this beautiful long hair, just, and, you know, just such a joy to speak with. And her saying to me, you know, in the beginning, she was in a place where she was the only woman and she was leading a team of nothing but men. And when she came in, how they acted towards her and weren't exactly welcoming, at times maybe disrespectful. And her talking about how she didn't come in trying to be a man. She said, you know, I used my femininity. I used me being a woman and, and act, you know, whatever acting like a woman means. But she's like, I, I am a woman in the gaming industry, but I know what I'm talking about. That's why I'm there. Always remembering that I belong there and that I didn't need to act in any kind of way, but to be me. And if I left because they weren't treating me like I needed to be treated, that I was going to earn it. I was going to earn it just like anyone else had to earn um, that position to be a leader. And I was going to be there and, you know, I was going to earn the respect and I was going to put in the work and I was going to use my part of being compassionate, being patient to build the community within that company that I wanted. And she's like, and eventually that happened. I'm not saying it was easy, but I didn't have to go and be, you know, she said, be a bitch or try to be like a man or try to be anything else but who I was and show up in that way. And now, of course, things are different. And I just remember really enjoying that conversation with her about how to make that shift of being in a man's world and thinking that you do have to act a certain way sometimes and her just owning who she was and and number one realizing that she deserved to be there she earned it and number two for her it was about you know earning the right to be there as a leader as well that it was going to take time and that she wasn't going to give up and that she was going to show up, you know, exactly the way she was. She wasn't going to try to be a man. She wasn't going to try to be anything else but who she was. And she had the faith that eventually, you know, things 
would come to a point where she would be respected because she held herself that way. Like I said, I just really enjoyed that conversation. We had an hour-long ride, I believe, and I just really enjoyed speaking with her and taking note and being inside of her world um, during that car ride. And then I remember there was another woman who was um, in the, in the I, I don't know if, it's not fashion, but she, or clothing, working for a large clothing company and having to go to China And she was one of the, um, I don't know if one of the few or only women that had had that position. And that was because she needed to go over to China and run the company with the people. And being in her position that that created, you know, some friction because she was at a level where, you know, it was pretty high up and, and people were probably not used to or not happy that she was telling you know, number one, she, she said, you know, men, what to do. And then she said people who were probably twice her age. She said, but she made the decision to do something that other people hadn't done. And that was to go to factories and meet the people personally, not just show up at the factory, go into the office, do whatever she needed to do, and then head back, you know, to the U.S. She said that she actually went to the warehouses, met with the workers, wanted to to really meet and get to know them and see how everything was ran so that when she came back if ever she asked anything of them you know they knew her personally and they knew that she cared about the company and she cared about the people and she really wanted to get to know them and she really wanted to make a difference in the company she wanted the employees to be happy the investors to be happy. And, and of course, she wanted to feel the pride and joy of working at the company because she had worked to get to that position because that's something that she wanted to do. I asked her, you know, how is that for you being a woman doing the work you do? Do you feel that you, you have to act like a man? How has that been for you? And she said, you know, for me, a lot of the times, you know, as women, we feel we have to be more like men but if we would only just own our 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 femininity our womanhood you know we would get just so much more done she's like when I go over there she's like you know I played the damsel in this dress she's like um and she's like and I mean that in a way that I don't come to the men and, and and try to talk down to them or you know challenge them or I'm the leader I'm the director or whatever she's like I need your help I need your help because I don't know how to do this. I'm just this this little woman or whatever. <laughs> um, she's like, you know, and and the men want to help me. They want to, you know, be my hero and they want to support me. And and yeah, she's like, and they want me to be proud of them, you know. And and she goes, and they, whenever I ask anything of them, because I've met them personally, gotten time. Um, taking the time to get to know them when I do need anything and I do ask them in that way of I need your help can you make this order happen can we get it on this date can you ship it are you willing to work you know the time that I need you to work because it's important and um, they do it she goes because I have taken the time to get to know them I have gone to go see them you know, I don't try to challenge them or, or, or say to them, I'm, you know, the head, I'm the boss, you know. No, I come in my essence, 
you know, and and in that essence, that means I'm supportive and, and that I try to be the best leader that I can. And, and I show them that I care for not just the company, but I care for the employees because they're making the company be at the level of success that it is. And I am appreciative of that. So definitely speaking with these women, um, talking to them about running these these companies when they're maybe one of the few or have been one, or the only one and using their fem- feminine energy and owning who they are and realizing that they deserve to be there, not trying to be anything that they're not and using that sense of femininity to, to be leaders, to use that community part of them to show, you know, ask for help be willing to to say, hey, I need your help. I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Um, she's like, I don't, for both of them, you know, I think I don't know many men that would probably running those big companies that could probably do that. I know that maybe many men in those positions are taught to, you know, be strong and, and maybe like hustle and get it done. But the women were definitely more, it sounds like they use their compassion and that feminine energy about let's work together. Let's see how we can make this happen. So I, I really, really enjoyed those conversation with those women. And I kept them in mind because I really appreciated that when I worked with Uber and Lyft, I was in a position to speak with women who were in these positions. I got to speak to people all over the world and exchanging conversation. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why I have the guests that I have, because I feel that number one, stories are so important. And number two, I think it's important to talk about our successes and what got us to the positions that we're at. And that's why I bring these women and and I will be bringing men also to talk about their feminine energy because it's not about being um, it's not about the sex rate it's not about men or women it's about how we use our feminine and our masculine energies and how those two things are balanced and of course in particular focusing more on that feminine energy because that's what 2019 means to me I am excited for the future. I want to bring on more guests. I want to let the podcast evolve and and I want to continue to do the work that is required to grow this podcast, uh, to grow my business, to grow myself, um, to learn from the people that I bring on. And my biggest hope is that those who are listening, that it grows them too, because I listen to other podcasts and I just learned so much from them and that is definitely my hope that I am always of service and being of service to me means sharing my growth my evolution my story and having a platform for other people to do the same to come on here and to see and know how special they are how much we appreciate them sharing their success and sharing their time with us. And um, I really hope that you've been enjoying the interviews. I hope that they have been helping you grow in your journey. I in particularly want to take this moment to thank the women and men (laughs) 
that have reached out to me and in particular when it came to the last podcast that I did, which was uh, Forgiving My Father, who wrote in these long messages about their journey with with their with their dad and and how it helped them to start their healing and what it meant to them and how much they related you know like a lot of them said it was like you were telling my story and I was just like oh wow because when I recorded the podcast it just you know I think I mentioned that it just kept bugging me like record the podcast record the podcast (laughs) And once I recorded it and people reached out, I understood why I needed to do it. I understood why I needed to be open and vulnerable. Um, Because sometimes for some of us, it's too hard to tell our truths um, to others. And sometimes it's even hard for us to face our truth to ourselves. And it helps when we can relate to other people and they're saying, what may be inside of us, but we don't know how to tell it, how to articulate it, or maybe how to even feel. And maybe for some of us, it may feel even a bit, I would say a bit of shame, because I think a lot of us were taught to honor your father and mother. And to talk about these things is it's painful. So I am so grateful for your messages. I look at them and I just am honored that you would just um, trust me with with your hurt, with your story, and with your healing process. So I am grateful and honored. And I hope to bring you more guests and more of me and my journey and then the hopes that it helps you and keep the messages coming. (laughs) I appreciate them and know that I am getting them and that I read every single one of them and that I take my time with them and I am always grateful and honored, extremely honored for your honesty and openness. If I didn't already mention it, (laughs) my name is Jacqueline and this is Amiga Preneur. And this is a place where we feature women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives. And we focus on that place from feeling stuck to taking actions on your dreams. And now we are moving and evolving more into that feminine uh, energy, that goddess energy, and talking more about our desires and what our inner child.